Busey Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth. Since 1868, member FDIC. of the first day WIBC Sunday Magazine show. I'm Terry Stacy, along with producer Kylan Talley. Good morning. Thanks for enjoying the first part of your day here with us on First Day. So sunny. And it is sunny, too. It is cold but sunny, but we've... It's 33 degrees. 33, 33 degrees. That's not bad. On Monument Circle, where the tree, the circle, the world's largest Christmas tree, has been ready since yesterday. Lights are up, ready for 25th, the day after Thanksgiving, for all of us to get back together downtown on Monument Circle for the tree lighting. Listen, guys, the Indianapolis Symphony Orchestra is hosting a very special Veterans Day. They've been doing this uh, fantastic weekend concert performances with the United States Naval Academy Glee Club. And the last show is today at 2 o'clock. Two USNA Glee Club freshman members are Indy Metro Area High School alums, Alan Williams from Short Ridge High School and Grace Sullivan from Carmel High School. And on Friday, I went over to Hilbert Circle Theater during their rehearsal, and I caught up with Grace before she sat down to lunch. Welcome home! Oh, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Tell me, you know, I know it is difficult to get into the Naval Academy. Why did you want to go? No, I really wanted to go because I wanted to challenge myself and just put myself in experiences that you know, I wouldn't get anywhere else. I wanted the structure of the academy and then also um, the amazing people that come with that. A lot of young Americans that are thinking about a military life, they have military backgrounds in their families. For you? Nope, I'm the first. Was there something that inspired you, though, or someone? I would definitely say it was my U.S. history teacher, uh, junior year of high school. Her husband was a Marine, and she really, um, she was the one that introduced me to a lot of, you know, patriotic ideals, and then also just the idea of serving my nation through um, military service rather than, you know, other ways. Was it like the interview process and, and all that you had to go through to make it into the Naval Academy? You know, it's a pretty interesting time to be back here because pretty much a year ago today I was going through the Senate nomination processes so and you know taking the physical exam so I would say there's like three main parts it's the actual application there's and that's like that would be like applying to any other college you have to write an essay you have to get letters of recommendation take the ACT uh, or SAT whatever and then there's the other part which is the physical part so you have to pass a physical test and so I was training for that about this time last year I didn't think about the physical part that's not like you, if I went to Ball State, I didn't have a physical part. Exactly. That was that was definitely something that I was like, oh, I'm applying to college where I have to take a physical, pass a physical test in order to get in. But I, it was it's been it was great. Okay. And then the third part is the senatorial or congressional nomination process. So you have to 
apply to each of the offices. So for me, that was uh, Representative Sparts, um, and then Senator Mike Braun, and then Senator Young. You made it in. What has the experience been like so far? You know, it's been, there's definitely hard days, but overall, I love the people that I'm surrounded with. I love um, being bound together to people that I barely know by, like, common threads of service and commitment and just the idea that I get to serve my country and lead sailors or Marines when I graduate. It's a very exciting prospect. This is Grace Sullivan. She's a Carmel High School graduate. She's now at the Naval Academy. It's her freshman year. And not only is she going what she's going through, and they just went through midterms, but she's also a member of the Women's USNA Glee Club. And that in itself is another process. It's been such a blessing uh, being surrounded by amazing women at you know a school that is has a larger percentage of males. Is It's a, definitely a blessing because I get to make amazing music with some very talented leaders. Tell me about the first time that you stood on the stage and you performed with these amazing voices. Yes, that would be our second class parents weekend concert and that was like I had provided um, show choir at uh, Carmel High School. Shout out to the accents. Um, and it was the first time that I'd stepped back on stage. And it was just surreal to be with, you know, another group of amazing women and to be just singing and doing, doing something that I just so enjoy. Tell us about the show that you'll be performing for our veterans. Yes, yeah, so it's a lot of patriotic songs, songs that have a tie-in, especially to the Navy and naval traditions and customs. Um, some of my favorites are Battle Hymn of the Republic. It's a song that we sing over, but it's it's done for a reason. It's a good one. It's very powerful. And, and we sing Amazing Grace, which is our yeah. finale. And if you come for no other song, come for that one, because it is absolutely incredible. The pipes and drums of USNA have come to Indianapolis to help us perform that song. And so there's bagpipes going, there's the full 80-piece orchestra, and then we're singing Amazing Grace. And it's very uplifting, as our commander said, um, you know, in a time where, you know, it's kind of hard to feel united to people around because everyone's so isolated or, you know, there's divisions. You can Anyone can come and enjoy this show because it's about the country that we live in. It's very patriotic. Oh my gosh. Grace Sullivan, and is it good to be home? Oh, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> no words. Who's, how many are coming to see you perform? Uh, I, I know a lot. I've gotten a lot of messages, so I can't wait to see everybody in. At Hilbert Circle Theater, it's their Veterans Day show, and it's a Veterans Day salute with the United States Naval Academy Glee Club, men and women. We are so happy to meet you. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Also, veterans, it's free admission, so thank you for your service. That show, again, is at 2 o'clock this afternoon at Hilbert Circle Theater. Coming up, November is Alzheimer's Awareness Month, and there's a new study looking for a diverse array of participants. And we'll meet a participant and her doctor next on 93 WIBC. It's like you 
93 WIBC. It is Terry Stacy. November is Alzheimer's Awareness Month. And while millions of Americans are currently living with Alzheimer's or other dementias, research shows the most underrepresented populations, including African Americans, are more at risk for developing the disease than their white counterparts. The National Institute of Health and ISI Inc. are funding a study and are currently seeking a diverse array of participants to further research and treatment development. And with us now is current ahead study participant Carol Turner and Alzheimer's expert Dr. Hamid Akravi of Eastern Virginia Medical School. Thank you both so much for joining it this joining us this morning. And Dr. Okravi, I'll start with you. Alzheimer's disease is affecting more than six million Americans currently, and now experts have created the AHEAD study. Tell us about this trial. Well, thank you very much for having us. The AHEAD study is a uh, prevention clinical trial in Alzheimer's disease that tests whether a clinical medicine, a trial medicine can slow down or even prevent Alzheimer's disease 20 years before symptoms appear. Wow. In this study, we enroll participants between the age of 55 to 80, and these are uh, participants who haven't been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, but they are, for some reason, concerned about developing Alzheimer's disease in the future. For example, they have a positive family history or genetic predisposition or maybe other risk factors that they have. For your listeners, there is a website, aheadstudy.org, that they can actually go and review all the information related to a head study and even find the sites that are available in their areas. And there's also a questionnaire that they can fill out to see whether they are eligible for this study or not. And eligible, and not only that, you can find a location, and we have here in Indianapolis at IU uh, School of Medicine, they are part of this as well. So it's it's not just it's someplace far, far away. Right here in Indiana, they're doing it as well. Dr. Ogravi, I think it's interesting that the brain changes related to Alzheimer's can begin up to 20 years before a person notices symptoms. And and that is correct. Uh, We have uh, some diagnostic tools, for example, amyloid PET imaging, and also we can do it with spinal tap to see the changes that happens in the brain, and that's mainly those amyloid protein accumulation, which uh, builds up as plaques. We can see those changes in the brain uh, up to 20 years before people even develop symptoms. Do you know, doctor, at all, before we get to Carol, do you know at all why uh, African-Americans and other underrepresented populations are at more risk for developing the disease than what their white counterparts? Do you know why? Or is that part of the study? Uh, yeah, there is actually uh, quite a few different studies to figure out the reason. We don't know exactly why this uh, difference exists. However, part of that could be related to cardiovascular risks that are much more common in African Americans or Latinos, for example, high blood pressure, cholesterol, or diabetes. That could have some effect, but there is definitely other uh, factors that we don't know, and hopefully we can find those factors soon. But as you mentioned, the, the main thing is that they are at high risk, but as you know, they are underrepresented in these clinical trials. But that means that if we develop a medicine to treat or cure Alzheimer's disease in the future, we don't know if those medications are effective or they work in African Americans or Latinos. So inclusion science 
is a good science, and that's what we encourage people from different walk of life and you know races and ethnicities to participate in studies like a head study. Absolutely, this a head study uh, definitely to be more inclusive and diverse, which leads us to current a head study participant Carol Turner, the first African American participant in nationwide Alzheimer's study in this study. And Carol, it's so nice to have you with us as well. How did you learn about the AHEAD study and why did you want to participate? Thank you so much, Terry. Um, I joined the AHEAD study for the reason of my family history. My dad passed in 2020 and not long after that, my mom started showing signs, Mm. uh, which we uh, had to investigate uh, and our primary care directed us to EVMS and Dr. Kwabi and his team. In the in the process of that meeting with Dr. Kwabi, he mentioned that there will be a study and asked us, my brother and I, would we like to participate? And of course, we readily said yes. Mm. Anything that's going to help us with wellness of our of our, of our mind, uh, especially since we now have to take care of our mom like we did our dad. Yeah. We want to make sure that we're well, and we want to make sure that whatever we can do to to help ourselves. Um, because, you know, we have the traces as well. So that's basically why we had no problem joining this study. And so that was not, it was not a difficult decision, and you you wanted to know what was going on in your brain. What has the experience been like for you so far? So far, very good. So far, I mean, when you're going into something blind, like anything, you, you have no idea what's going to go on, and and I'm, I'm going to tell you the, the teams that we've been working with, with Dr. Kwabi and his team, and also with Centera uh, Infusion Center, their team, they are awesome. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a comfortable feeling. It, it's nothing that makes you, you know, a lot of people may be nervous about it going into it, but right at the very beginning, they made us feel very comfortable with uh, any questions that we had and uh, any concerns we had. Um, they addressed them and they made sure that we were fine. And they always do that. They always check and make sure that we're okay. From some, for somebody, and again, we're looking for individuals ages 55 to 80, um, including Spanish-speaking older adults that can join the AHEAD study. What is it like? Are they taking blood? Are, they, are you doing brain scans? Or what is, what is the experience like once somebody commits to this study? Uh, uh, every two weeks of, a, of the month, uh, we go in and do our infusions. And uh, throughout the process, we have different tests, uh, you know, thinking tests. Uh, we do MRIs. Uh, we do a plethora of, of different things to make sure that our health is, is still well. And, and it's, it's all worked out very well. <laughs> Dr. Ogravi, is Alzheimer's hereditary? Uh, that's a very good question to just uh, let your uh, listeners know. Uh, heredity is um, definitely a very major factor. So there are some uh, modifiable and some non-modifiable risk factors. And those non-modifiable risk factors, of course, we can change. One of them is age. When we get older, the risk of Alzheimer's disease is higher. In fact, that's the strongest risk. But the other one is family history and genetic makeup. So those those are non-modifiable risk factors. But there are also quite a few modifiable risk factors that we can change. For example, sedentary lifestyle or sitting around uh, mm. too much mm-hmm. or 
for example, uh, uh, heavy alcohol drinking or head trauma or even cardiovascular risks like blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, smoking. And these are the things that we can have control to make the change. In fact, if you take a look at uh, the risks, 35% of risk for Alzheimer's disease and dementia, those are modifiable and we can have control on that. Again, individuals ages 55 to 80, including Spanish-speaking older adults, can join the AHEAD study by participating or volunteering at more than 70 sites around the U.S. and Canada. If To see if you're eligible, go to aheadstudy.org. And again, we have a location here in Indianapolis at IU School of Medicine. We'll get you that uh, information. Carol Turner, AHEAD study participant, and Dr. Hamid Akravi, Eastern Virginia Medical School. Thank you both so much for what you're doing. Carol, thank Thank you for participating, and we really appreciate having some time with you today. Thank you both. Thank you so much. Thank you much. very much. Thank we appreciate it. It's 1127. You're listening to The First Day on 93 WIBC. And I hope you realize when you look into another person's eyes, you know today would be a very good day just to have a good day. Today would be a very good 1133. Good morning, Central Indiana. Terry Stacy, along with Kylan Talley. This is the first day. We're glad you're here with us this morning. Well, today begins National Hunger and Homeless Week, and it is also the season of giving. So joining us now is the president and CEO of Gleaners Food Bank, Fred Glass. Good morning, Fred. How are you? Terry, I'm excellent, and thank you so much for having me on and, and highlighting the uh, issues surrounding food insufficiency here in here in uh, Central Indiana. Doing what I do at WIBC, which is promoting or helping helping all of you that are in organizations that are doing good service for our community uh, to have a platform that you can share. So, what I I do know is just as you've said, the different pantries and the different food banks, you really are not competing. You know, you really are all serving those that are hungry. No, I think it's absolutely right. And, you know, I think um, my predecessor uh, here, John Elliott at Cleaners, um, was uh, very focused on collaboration and and reducing any kind of turf wars or anything. I know our friends at Midwest Food Bank, um, both the previous CEO and the current CEO, have that feeling. Uh, The Indy Hunger Network tries to keep those, which is a collaboration of all kinds of folks uh, involved in addressing food insecurity. The city of Indianapolis, uh, the, the state association, and I know in other areas, there is more of a rivalry, competitive approach. And and fortunately, here in Indiana, good old Hoosier values, I think, create a collaborative spirit, uh, one that I've really enjoyed seeing and look forward to continuing to embrace. You took the leadership role at Gleaners not long ago. And why did you want this job? Terry, it's kind of funny. I finished up at IU as the AD in uh, June of 2020 and came back home to Indianapolis and was practicing law and really enjoying that. had an interesting, you know, practice practice and so forth and so on. But I really wanted to do volunteer, human service, direct service, you know, on the side as a volunteer and started uh, looking around for those kind of opportunities. And an old friend, Rob Smith, who was a senior person then at Lilly Endowment, finally said, hey, would would you consider like a full-time job, like all in? I said, you know, I would for the right thing. And um, there were a couple that just didn't make sense. They're more of a macro 
public service like I had done before. And then he said gleaners, and it was like the light went off, you know. Mm-hmm. To do a direct service like that, you know, feeding the hungry, we're, we're not called to that many things. We're called to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit the prisoner, welcome the stranger. And to be able to do one of the big ones in, in a leadership role was something that I was really excited about. So I, I pursued the opportunity, was fortunate enough to be selected, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be doing that. You said you've come full circle, if I remember what you said, because feeding the hungry is something your dad taught you when you were a kid. Yeah, Terry, it's so nice of you to even know that. Yeah, my dad owned a tavern at the corner of East and Washington Street, George's yeah. Liberty Bar on Skid Row. And as an only child, that was the family business. I was in the back of that tavern my whole youth, five to about 15, and I didn't like it. Um, I wanted to be doing normal stuff, but in retrospect, it was a wonderful, transformative experience for me, um, getting to know those folks that others might dismiss as winos or vagrants or street people. I, I sat with them in booths. I talked to them. I knew them. And our family had Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter meals there, because on Skid Row, Sunday's the loneliest day, and holidays are even lonelier. And and it wasn't with Grandma and Grandpa. It was us with the folks at the Liberty. And I I do feel like it's kind of coming full circle. If Dad were still around, I think he'd be proud of what I'm doing now. So when you took this job, what was your first priority? A listen. So I'm uh, not coming in as Mr. Smarty Pants that has all the answers and wants to take some big different direction. I mean, the great thing is Gleaners is in very strong shape, thanks to my predecessor and an awesome senior leadership team. So I wanted to come in and listen. And um, I started at Gleaners on September 1st, but I didn't become the CEO till um, October 1st. I joked with John that I was kind of the junior varsity CEO for a month. <laughs> um, and I... I I was, um, you know, didn't have to make decisions or be the final call on things. So I spent September listening. I went to all 21 counties in our service area and met uh, with the folks at at least one pantry in each county. I met individually or in very small groups with all 105 of our employees. I had one-on-ones with all 30 members of our board of directors. And it was awesome. And and the opportunity to do a kind of a deep, fairly deep dive with all those key people really has informed me, um, has encouraged me, uh, has helped me fill out my nerdy 14-page outline of all these things <laughs> I'm curious about, I want to follow up on and ask questions about, but I'm not assuming that my initial perceptions are right. So, so yeah, listening, and then there'll be time for, for implementing, but I think people have appreciated that I've that I've come in in a listening mode, and uh, that will that will I think serve me well as as we decide to move out in a variety of ways. My wife says I've never seen you happier, and oh, and, and and I think it's really true when you combine the opportunity to take a leadership role, which you know, I think is really my passion, with a uh, with with a direct human need that impacts so much. Right? I mean, being hungry, being food insecure, not knowing where your next meal is coming from, or maybe not knowing where the the meal two days from now is coming from, and then all the ripple effects that has on health and the tie between hunger and health and the, as you know, the social determinants of health and, and how important it is for physical health, mental health, um, social health to uh, to not be hungry. And so I can't imagine a, a, a more um, important calling and to be able to do it in a wonderful place like Gleaners in a leadership role is a huge blessing. Fred Glass is with us. He's the president and CEO of Gleaners Food Bank, Gleaners org. You've come right at the time when inflation is affecting everybody. Have you had time yet to see how it's affected gleaners and other food banks and pantries in Indiana? 
Yeah, it really has, Terry. And it's, for us, it's a double whammy, right? So, so it affects uh, need. Mm-hmm. Um, our uh, folks are hurting. Um, you know, a lot of people have a variety of mythical images of the people we serve, but most of them are working poor. They're they're trying to make ends meet, and inflation makes that a lot harder, and forces some awful choices about: Do you buy your medicine? Do you eat? Um, do you pay your utility bill? And so we're seeing our numbers rise close to pandemic levels. We're, we're twice as high as we were pre-pandemic in terms of the, peop- the number of people we're serving. And we're about 85% of where we were at the, at the hardest days of, of the pandemic. So we're seeing that on the need side. You know, I think inflation and, and the economic ripple effect of that is, is, is a big part of that. And, you know, frankly, government is pulling back from what it did to step in the void during the pandemic. The government showed what it could do, and I would argue what it probably should continue to be doing in terms of making more and more food available. But we had 20 million pounds of food from USDA during the height of the pandemic. That's going to be down to 10 million pounds. This year, it's going to be 6 million pounds next year. So our need is uh, Im- Im- impacted. And then our costs are impacted on the other side of the ledger, okay, because most of our food is not donated. Your listeners may not have a reason to under- uh, know that. I don't um, know that. I did not know that. Yeah. The, 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 the amount of food that's actually donated to us is is dwindling and we so we buy most of our food um, and we try to do that very efficiently and 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 we do and we've got all kinds of technology that we use to try to make that efficient for example we buy in bulk and then we have facilities here at gleaners that's able to break that down into uh, family size portions that we can then distribute through our through our pantry so we're, we're we're very aggressive on trying to reduce costs but we have costs and that's impacted because our stuff comes in on trucks and all the things that that, that impact families are impacting us so so at the same time need is going way way up our costs are going way way up and we're sort of the in-between on that right so so we need to be more efficient we need to raise more money we need to connect better with the neighbors we serve and so that's a long-winded uh, answer to your question yes we're we're being uh, affected uh, both um, in terms of the folks we serve and the way we serve them by you know the economic turmoil Fred Glass is our guest. And Fred, how can we help cleaners right now as we are in the season of giving? Well, first of all, a huge thank you. Um, not surprisingly, Hoosiers have responded to the to the need, and especially during the pandemic, when you know every night on on TV you would see the lines of cars here yeah. and around the country, and so it highlighted the the need, and people responded. I think people may generally feel well, the pandemic's sort of over, and and that a need must have receded a lot. And as I described, it's, it, we're almost back up to pandemic levels. So I guess I'd ask your listeners not to forget about us. I know they have your listeners us being impacted by the economy, but to the extent you keep cleaners and other food service providers in your giving plans, that would be great. I direct folks to gleaners.org, our website. Two reasons. If your listeners are food insecure, if they don't know where they're going to get their food to feed their family in the next couple days or next week, go to our website. We've got a button that says Find Help. And with a partnership with the Indy, with the Indy Hunger Network, we can direct you to one of our pantries or one of our co worker pantries, and then give help. If, if you're in a position where you can become a one-time or recurring donor, we would 
very much appreciate that. But, you know, don't forget about us just because the spotlight's been turned off a little bit. Fred Glass, president and CEO of Gleaners Food Bank. He's also the author, by the way, of Making <laughs> Your Own Luck from Skid Row Bar, from a Skid Row Bar to Rebuilding a Major Collegiate Sports Program. How's the book doing? First of all, I had a ball doing it. I pretty much did it for my kids, but uh, it's in its fifth printing with IU Press. IU Press is very pleased uh, with it, and I had a lot of fun promoting it and going to book signings and presentations. And so it was very, very rewarding experience, and I had a lot of fun with it. Thanks for asking about that. Well, it's a great gift idea. If you want to learn more about Fred's book, go to fred-glass.com. It's great to have you with us, Fred. Thank you for giving us so much of your time today. and uh, congratulations on, on the new job, and we wish you the best. Thanks, Terry. I really appreciate you taking the time. It's very kind of you. It's 1145. You're listening to The First Day on 93 WIBC. In a world where you can be anything, I'll be kind to you. Could you be kind to me? 1150. Sunny skies downtown, 33 degrees. Hey, if you're looking for something to do today, the Midtown Holiday Home Tour is back to get you in the Christmas spirit. It's the last day put on by Ivy Tech Community College. They've got five beautifully decorated homes located in the Midtown area along Meridian and Central Avenue. And they are gorgeous, porgeous. And you can go today from 11 to 5. Oh, it's open right now. 11 to 5. Tickets are $25 with all proceeds going to Midtown Indie Inc. In fact, that's where you might want to get your tickets. But uh, that's a good one. 11 to 5 today, and for a good reason, too. Good organization. Hey, did you hear? I bet you did already. Rex Early has passed away, 88 years old. He's been a guest on WIBC for many years, an unforgettable figure in Indiana politics. Chairman of the Indiana Republican Party in the 80s. He led the Indiana campaigns of at least two former presidents, Donald Trump and Ronald Reagan. I saw a story yesterday that in his front yard is a plaque placed on the very spot where Ronnie and Nancy Reagan once stood. And it says, on this site, May 4th, 1980, Republican presidential candidate Ronald W. Reagan and his wife Nancy were guests in the home of Rex and Barbara Early. Plaque right there in the home. You know, he was not, Kylan, not a fan of mine. He was not a fan of mine. I will never forget him telling me that I didn't belong on the radio. He told you that? I was on the morning show for 22 years, and the station had a different format then. But uh, as it started to change to conservative talk, he spent more time here in the building visiting Greg Garrison. And he told me that I didn't belong on the radio because I laughed too much. Uh, you, I'll never forget it. I'm, I'm but I, just, I no, wouldn't belong on the radio either. Let's I, not spread, spread he that. He didn't like that from me. And he said, oh. I still liked him. And uh, he was certainly a presence here in the building. So he hmm. has passed away. May he rest in peace. Died in fri- on Friday in his home in Indianapolis. I guess he was he was sick. Uh, but if you ever even spent two minutes in Rex Early's presence, you know that he was one that will not be forgotten. Uh, speaking of politics, it said Donald Trump's going to announce on Tuesday from Mar-a-Lago that he is taking another shot at the presidency with a White House run in 2024. That, according to his longtime advisor, Jason Miller, he said that on Friday. I know that this will certainly be a topic of conversation this week on WIBC. So keep it here all week for the very latest on what's happening in politics. Uh, it's ever-changing. Uh, I could use a little good news, Kylan. You need some good news? You got it? Do well, you have I've it? got some food news, and I think that's I'll the best it. news. I'll well, take it. In that case, Terry. Hit it! We do have quite a few openings. 
MOTW Coffee and Pastries is opening its third location, which will be the first of their locations to have a drive-through, and that's opening today up in Castleton. Oh, today? Mm-hmm. Today, MOTW Coffee and Pastries, and then on Friday, mark your calendar, November 18th. That's this Friday. The Prewit, a restaurant, is taking over the old Prewit Theater in downtown Plainfield. That'll be opening on Friday. Very fun. That's good news. Did you see? Did you see the story about? Raising Canes. Have you ever had Raising Canes? <gasps> yeah, the chicken place? Yes. In Avon? No, this one's in Hobart, right? Yep, it's up in yeah. the Northwest. How about that? Yep, suing the Northwest Shopping Center because they were trying to prohibit them from selling chicken, which is what they're uh, infamous exactly. for. Exactly. According to, it was somewhere they said in the in the contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have an undisclosed contract with McDonald's. <laughs> and so why you wouldn't tell them before they started construction right. eight months ago? Right. I, don't, I don't know. No, I know. <laughs> I saw that story yesterday and I thought, you're, you're, you know, you... you why would you just give at least a one vendor, one retailer, one restaurant the opportunity to sell chicken anyway? It's just chicken. And, and McDonald's <laughs> doesn't have a big chicken. They have chicken nuggets, but that's not sandwich. It's yeah, not but, a big presence. But, right. So anyway, that's okay, happening. Guys. <laughs> I think Raising Cane is also in Avon. Mm-hmm. I think yep, they just is. opened too. Yeah, I really want to try that. construction still happening on it. Oh, yeah. okay. Not yet then. Mm-hmm. It'll be close though. It'll be soon. Free Coffee Mondays is returning for Dunkin' Donuts. So if you are a member, you can get a free medium hot or iced coffee with any purchase on Mondays through Monday, November 28th, which is the Monday after Thanksgiving. Okay. And then something interesting that I saw, Frank's Red Hot, the hot sauce, uh-huh. releases a new injector marinade for 2022 Uh-oh. holiday season. Would you put hot sauce in your turkey? No, I wouldn't, but I know people <laughs> that carry it. I know ladies that carry it in their purses. No kidding. They can't they have their own sauce. They say it's the best. You know, we are coming up on turkey season. And what do you think is the most commonly asked question to, like, the Butterball turkey hotline? Oh, what's the mo- I don't. No. Uh, wh- uh, what is the most asked question? Well, statistically, every year, around 100,000 people call, and the number one question they ask is, how the heck do you, th- how the heck do you thaw this thing? So, really? be sure to check in how you thaw your turkey. Okay. Kind of disappointing. Well, there are different ways to do it, but safety first. <laughs> and then finally, my first day nutrition tip for you is if you want some hydrated skin, especially going into this drier winter weather. I went if, right to turkey right. skin, but you're oh, not talking so about sorry. dehydrated turkey no. skin. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's I love fried turkey skin. <laughs> but you're talking about the skin on your body. Yeah. My hands have been really dry lately, and so I think just in general, if you eat cantaloupe, that'll help your diet out quite a bit more. Oh, because it's just mostly water. Mm-hmm. So yeah. cantaloupe, watermelon. Good nutrients. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Uh, 11.55. Love that food news. And what about, Kylan, there's a lesson? Yes, I have another lesson for you. Have you ever heard of the Peter Pan syndrome? The Peter Pan syndrome? Mm-hmm. Yes, but I'm not sure I could explain it. Heard of it? Yeah, so the Peter Pan syndrome is kind of like... Well, as you know, Peter Pan is a boy who never grows up. And so it's kind of like that, where it's someone as an adult who doesn't want to take on adult responsibilities and wants to continue through that childhood. So I think that's pretty interesting. And How come you're telling me about that? Are you thinking that I shouldn't, I'm not there no, yet? No, 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 Terry. <laughs> no. It, honestly, I was looking through some of the stuff, teach me things and different is- causes, and it's, it's kind of just nice to know and pinpoint some things to just keep an eye out for. Peter Pan syndrome. All right. Hey, guys. Thank you, Kylan.
Uh, thank you all so much for joining us this morning. I hope you enjoy the rest of this beautiful, sunny, cold day. Stay warm. Colts are up at four. Thanks so much for joining us. The news is next. I'm easy like sun.